Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Glad you're with us. It's Miller and Condon. Uh, We're with you for the next couple of hours on a jam-packed Monday. Boy, have we got sports to talk about after an incredible weekend. Whether you're a Hawk fan, a Clone fan, I feel bad for the Bears fans, we'll do a lot on that. We've got an awful lot on our plate here today. We're going to get right into the guest list in about 20 minutes from now. We'll go live to Santa Clara. He's a regular guest on the program. We're grateful to have uh, him join us throughout college football and well throughout the offseason as well. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He got to Santa Clara in time for all the press conferences. Got there Thursday. Uh, so we'll pick his brain on that. We'll pick his brain, of course, on the national championship game today. It's Clemson and Alabama Part 4. Off we go to Santa Clara at about 10.20. Dylan Montz is going to join us live in studio from the Ames Tribune. We'll recap Iowa State and Kansas, get the latest from Dylan, if there is a latest, regarding uh, Butler and Montgomery, whether their plans have made public yet. At 11 o'clock, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic recap uh, a must-win game for Iowa. They did it. They put it in the win column. Nebraska falls. Iowa wins. We'll do that with Scott Dockerman. Off we'll go to Las Vegas with Jason Symbol inside the numbers. What's Vegas seeing on tonight? championship game is Alabama going to be the need will it be Clemson we'll take a look back at the weekend how did Vegas do on the four wild card games and a peek ahead to divisional round coming up this weekend and then uh, Bama Bob Trent and I will wrap things up we'll go on record uh, with our uh, prediction on the championship game tonight well before we get into it uh, Scott Casper's just strolled in here Trent I I have no idea what what are you doing here Scott yeah well I'm uh, sorry to interrupt the Trent Condon uh, starring Starring, uh, starring you, sir, uh, show. But yes. I, I was in this. I was in the building, and right. and I recognized that I had yet to welcome you home. Uh, well, you're I not alone, but I, <laughs> but I just wanted to come in, welcome you guys home, because this, quite frankly, is a much needed show. The ten to noon, a lot of local stuff. But I know you're going to be talking about Thibodeau and Hoiberg, uh, perhaps. An, you know what? That's another thing. Probably going to get overlooked today, but I, we will get to it. Yeah, and I mean it's it's obviously a. a a pro, um, a, you know, a work in progress. They started talking about that in the late 50s. Right. What are we going to do with Thibodeau? And I didn't feel that the first time he was, you know, when he came down to welcome the Wolves, I, I didn't feel it then. It just seemed like he was a placeholder. And now maybe Hoiberg, maybe he's seasoned enough in wins and losses. Uh, well, he's failed once in his life. That's it. And he, I believe he wants to right that wrong or to try and correct that failure. And that's a, uh, as an NBA head coach. I think he's going to get another opportunity. I think he's going to be, I think if he, if he gets, uh, uh, offer the general manager job or the head coach job, I think he's on the bench. Which is harder, general manager or head coach, or does it depend on the structure? It depends maybe on the roster a little. What would you say, Trent? What's harder in the NBA? No, oh, it's got to be a coach, I think right? So it's too. Just, it's yeah. so quick. Yeah, because you can get rid of the players where you, yeah. Yeah, you can't. Um, well, you can, but you know it's a little, little awkward at times. Well, good to see you, Scott Casbro. Trent and I got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I know. And I'm not trying to cut you short, but maybe I am. I, but I do have some good news for you. I can well, save you up to fifteen percent on your car insurance I, right I knew, now. I knew there was a reason. So I'll kidding. leave you. I'll, matter of fact, I'll text it to you. But gotcha. no, hey, all serious, uh, all seriousness. It's good to have you back. It's great to have your voice back on the Thank airwaves you. where it belongs here at iHeart. So thanks, guys. Indeed, in, uh, good to see you. And uh, you're still doing your gig, of course, Saturday morning. Oh yeah, right? Saturdays, Sundays, you bet. So, 
uh, takedown and then pit pass on Sunday mornings. And uh, we're going to have to invite you guys in. I know how much you love the uh, dirt I bike I race. I can't wait for that info. Yeah. Uh, that, absolutely. Scott, That's we a, do need to talk wrestling, though. Yes. You, well, you and I need to have a conversation. Someday. Well, I'll take that day off because I'm a little bit over the tips of my skis when it comes to <laughs> that. I was speaking maybe a lunch. Uh, oh, that, that, okay. Yes. yes. Gotcha. I'll eat lunch with you any day. <laughs> hey, guys, have a great show. Thanks Thank so you, much. Pal. I'm just looking for somebody to eat lunch with. I'm still by myself in the lunchroom. I kind of feel like those high school days. Anyways, Trent, we got a lot of ground to cover. Bill Bender coming up here. I know you're a hardcore Bears fan. Mm -hmm. Let's start there, and I do want to obviously get into Iowa and Iowa State, both who had really good wins this weekend, and now with Azubuke on the shelf for the remainder of the regular season. What does that do for Kansas? Chances of yet another repeat. It was going to end sometime, sooner rather than later, at least we thought. What was going to be first, the Patriots dynasty coming to an end or the Jayhawks? Hopefully we're at the end of both of them. But, you know, your Bears, um, it's a hell of a football game, Trent. As, mm-hmm. as a guy who didn't have a dog in the fight and wanted to be entertained because there's precious few football games left, that one entertained the you-know-what out of me. Uh, good for Trubisky taking his team down the field. I know you're still kind of on the fence, and I, there were times I almost texted you in a game. Trent, you're right about this kid. <laughs> um, but then he looked really good in the fourth quarter, but, you know, Parkey did it again. Off the upright and uh, and the double boink, the double boink. Yeah, it'll be one that'll be remembered for a long time. But you know, I walk away frustrated. Certainly, I uh, had the surrender cobra. You know, surrender cobra yeah, where you got the, yeah, sure. the hands over your head. I sat in the lazy boy for a good ten minutes and didn't move. My wife was quiet. She, <laughs> she brought the daughter over to the side. She, uh, they went into the kitchen and just left, let me be for a little let, bit. Left Abby alone. I, I didn't, I didn't yell. Mm-hmm. I didn't swear. I just, because in a way I expected it. I really did. But if you go back to the beginning of the season, and mm-hmm. I know that this is no consolation because your team got there, but no Bears fan thought they were going to be in this spot. No. Hosting a game on the opening weekend of the NFL playoffs, please. Best case scenario, you're that six seed. You're, you're on the road. Mm-hmm. Everything breaks right. You sneak in at nine and seven. That was to me, Best case scenario. I think best case scenario in the beginning was what's the over under in Vegas? Well, let's even get over six and a half. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we can get to 500. It's a hell of a team. Here's the good news, Trent, for your team. They're just going to get better. Yes. I mean, there's no real contract decisions out there that, oh, this guy's going to walk or how can we afford to pay this guy? You still got Trubisky on his entry level contract, so you're in good shape there. I mean, I, and, and look, I, the, the, the Packers, we've said this, you know, back up the dial. We both thought that their window was closing. Mm-hmm. I think it clearly is now. Detroit's Detroit and Vikings seemingly every other year. And they've got some questions, including an entire offensive line, as Paul Allen told us. You know, it, it sets up very well for the future. Maybe that's why this one didn't sting very much. But there was a moment after the game where you look around the landscape and going into New Orleans would be incredibly difficult if mm-hmm. it would get to that point. But Windows closed. You know, your old guy, Danny Trevathan. How, how much longer does he have? Great question. He's uh, playing. He's, you know, he's still, he's probably better than I thought he was at this point in his career. Yeah. He was a nice piece in Denver. Maybe got overshadowed a little bit, and he's getting overshadowed a little bit with the Bears, too. But he made some plays yesterday. You know, the defense played at a historically high level, especially with the way the football is played today. You got to expect some kind of regression next year. On the other side, though, the offense. It has an ability to take a step forward. I think you can see that. And I walked away more hopeful about Trubisky than I was certainly even a month ago. I I really, the development, I can see it now. Mm -hmm. And and the things that maybe I was blind to before, I'm a believer. Not a big believer. Not that he's going to be a top eight quarterback in the league or anything like that. But you can win with that guy coupled with the defense. Vic Fangio, what's going to do? And that's kind of where I got to, though, afterwards. Yeah, it's stung and the future looks good, but... 
Windows close quickly. Opportunities, they don't come around very often. When you wait eight years to see a playoff game, as I have, as a Bears fan, that it ends like that. It's well, and there's seven new playoff teams this year, Trent. So the changeover is mm-hmm. on an every-year basis. Uh, I think they're going to get back there. I do. I don't think that uh, this window's closing by any means. But, look, there's a hell of a run. Uh, it was an awful ending if you're a Bears fan. It capped a pretty good weekend of football. It really did. Yeah. I mean, I, I, worst game was what? Colts? Yeah, that one Colts, was boring. Houston was kind of a boring football yeah. game. Um, boy, this Colts team's tough. I'm telling yeah, they you. They are. They are very tough. Um, they're going to give Kansas City all they want, I think, this coming mm-hmm. Saturday, and that lead off the uh, weekend or the weekend, I guess. Yeah, four games left of uh, of NFL playoffs. I want to talk a little bit of basketball. Let's go back to Saturday. Then we'll do yesterday. Okay. Uh, Bill Benner's going to join us in ten minutes or so. Uh, Dylan Mont's going to join us live in studio ten thirty five. Uh, wasn't going to play in the basketball game. Apparently, he hurt his wrist on Friday. Now we know it was really severe. Uh, as he's going to miss the re- remainder of uh, of this season. When I heard that, was I the only one thinking, maybe there's a suspension or something happening here? You know, it never crossed my mind, but yeah, that's a fair point. It's Kansas. It's so, Kansas, yeah. right, right, right. But they're victims. Oh, right. Remember they called I, I forgot, yes. They were you're, victims you're right, you're in right. all of this thing. Those poor Kansas Jayhawks. I think they'll persevere. I, I think they will, too. Uh, but I do think that, you know, they got some guys, obviously. Mm-hmm. So does Iowa State. And I think that's the bigger takeaway, uh, at least for me. Trent, watching that basketball game on Saturday, was there a point where, oh boy, Kansas, it's inevitable they're going to come back? I never had that feeling for one minute. Yeah, it was close early on, mm-hmm. and it seemed like Iowa State was keeping them in the basketball game. But it seemed like while Iowa State was keeping them in the basketball game, once they got things going, they were going to pull away from this Kansas team, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, the only part that kind of had that thought cross my mind was. You're only up six, seven points, and it feels like you should be up 15. And it was, you're letting them hang around. But outside of that, what you saw on the floor, Iowa State was just a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't close. What's Lindell Wigington going to do? Where the, I guess, here's a better question. Mm. What are they going to do with Lindell Wigington, who was, I guess, within an inch of um, leaving his name in the NBA draft last year? Right. And it's a foregone conclusion that this was going to be it. And then November rolled around, and what's this team going to do without their best player who's going to miss a significant chunk of the beginning of the season? Well, now we, got, we know he got back for, what, the final non-con game, and he's played in a couple of games here. Trent, I don't know who you're taking out of this starting five. I really and truly don't. Horton Tucker was sick against Oklahoma State. Uh, he hasn't. The Big 12 has not been kind to him so far, uh, but you're not. I mean, you're, he's not the guy anyways you're going to bring out of the lineup, but who are you going to, even if you've got a guy that you want to get Cameron Lardney to start, well, who are you going to take out? Well, Halliburton would be the answer. And he's not coming out of the lineup. Not the way he's playing. You can't. No. It, it just it doesn't make a lick of sense. So you talk about difficult spots, and this is something we talked about throughout the summer. Steve Prohm's never had a team like this with this kind of depth. Mm-hmm. And even if you're cutting it down and you're not playing 11 guys, but even figuring out seven, eight guys and how to divvy up those minutes, there's going to be some hurt feelings here. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is an incredibly talented team. This is something I was baffled throughout the year why when we saw the way too early brackets, why this team wasn't picked in the top three or four of the Big 12. I, I didn't understand. Where you were they the picked? Talent. Six or seven? And it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense how you look at this roster and say, well, that's not an NCAA Well, you know what it was? Team. I think it was predicated a lot on last year's finish and 
well, Tally's coming back, and Yillard's, uh, Young's coming back, and uh, Lewis is coming. Well, those guys played one minute each. <laughs> right. they, they were in, yeah. in garbage time. And mop, they got mop-up duty on right. Saturday. This roster has completely turned over. We knew Shayok was going to be good. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew Michael Jacobson was going to have this impact on this basketball team. There's a threat on Cyclone Fanatic. I still go there. I can't help myself. You love it. I do. Not as well as Hawkeye Lounge. Hawkeye Lounge might go to. That's number one. For sure. But I, I get a kick out of Cyclone Fanatic. And how did we miss on Michael Jacobson coming out of high school? I mean, that, that was. Yes. And while they kind of didn't, I mean, basketball missed, football offered him. <laughs> uh, Paul Rhodes offered him a scholarship. But Michael Jacobson, the impact, he's not necessarily offensively, but the job he's doing at the defensive end of the floor, he can move his feet, he can guard you. Bye, Trent. This is a fun, fun team. You know, if you had to power rank after the Yazubuke uh, injury, look, Kansas is still going to be in there. But is it now Texas Tech, Iowa State, and Kansas in some order at the top? Because I like this Texas Tech team. I do, too. They play so hard. Mm-hmm. Every time you flip on a Texas Tech game, if you're a basketball coach, you want to show show your kids Texas Tech mm-hmm. basketball. They Beard are. coach, Kenny. Oh, it's unbelievable. Think of the talent they lost off of last year's team. Yeah, talent that they yeah. seemingly found out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And he turned into NBA talent. This guy and is And they continue to get yes. guys, Texas Tech is becoming a Big 12 basketball destination. For He's not doing it with five stars. No. He's doing it with under-the-radar, top 150-type players. He's some good player. More. He's elevating it a little yes. bit. But I get where you're coming from. They're fun to watch. But are we going to fall into this trap? About what? Kansas still number one. It, no. it, fe- it felt different Saturday. It did. Yes, it's different. But we've had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. You and I have done this in this market during the whole 14 years. Mm-hmm. A stretch. We know how it goes. Do we want to fall into that trap? Well, I'm already in the Patriots trap, so I'm going. I'm dying on that. Hill. So you're going down both of them. I am. Uh, let's do a couple of minutes on I would. Uh, Bill Benner coming up in about five minutes. We got to get to Bill because he's got a tight schedule. He's going to join us. He's got a whole bunch of radio interviews, sporting news. We got one minute on Iowa. Uh, did it ease the pain a little bit? It did. Yeah, absolutely. they played really well, Trent. And I'll they did. tell you who I'd like to like. Uh, we'll get we'll get way more in depth than this. Give me your one takeaway, and I'll give you mine. What was the, maybe not the biggest reason, but one of the reasons Iowa played as well as they did last night was? Isaiah Moss is more than just a shooter. Double-double for him yesterday. More than just a shooter. And I talked about this last week with you, Ken. His playmaking ability has come a long, long ways. Mm -hmm. There's more to his game, and it seems like finally. It's taken a long time. Maybe he's tapping into being more than just a scorer. There can be more elements to his basketball game. You know, we talked, I'm sure the media talked, the message boards, the fans all talked about what a must-win game this was for Iowa. And apparently that resonated a little bit in the locker room in the practice after Purdue leading up to yesterday because the players after the game realized, you know, they, they came out and said it was, a, it was such a big game, it was a must-win game. Here's my biggest takeaway. How about Creener starting? Yeah. And when he hit that three early in the game... He got, got himself into it a little bit. I really liked him in the starting lineup, Trent. We saw a different, uh, a different creener, I thought, yesterday. He was terrific. Um, Bohannon was Bohannon of last year. You know, he still struggles a little bit defensively. But look, um, with, with Garza and his lack of mobility due to that ankle injury that forced him to play a lot of zone, it's like Nebraska never saw zone defense at times in that game. Because they got some guys, Trent. Let's they be do. honest. Yes. I mean, Copeland was terrific. Palmer had a really mm-hmm. bad, 
Oh, first 18 minutes anyway, then he got it going a little bit. Uh, Watson was Watson, but Iowa must win game. They answered the bell. we got to take a break. Uh, Bill Bender, off to Santa Clara we go. Dylan Mons is going to join us in studio uh, at about 10.35. Scott Dockerman on Iowa at 11. Off to Vegas, inside the numbers, Jason Sybil. Bama Bob Trent and I will finish the show talking in the national championship game. We're here until noon. We're glad you're with us. It's uh, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, taking up until noon. Bill Bender momentarily. A little breaking news. David Montgomery is indeed going to leave for the NFL. Uh, He's made his announcement. It is indeed official. David Montgomery will forego his senior season and enter this uh, coming NFL draft. It's the right decision for David Montgomery. Uh, Stealing it from Brent Bloom. Uh, Bloomy points out he's the first junior to leave Iowa State for the draft since... Troy Davis. Wow. Uh, Let's get Bill Bender in here. He is in Santa Clara. Uh, he's been there for all the press conferences and, of course, will be there uh, at the National Championship game tonight. Bill Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. David Montgomery, I'm not sure you saw him in person, but you're certainly familiar with his story. He's headed to the NFL. Bill Bender, how are you? I'm doing well, and that's a tough inside runner that will probably definitely have some success at the next level because of his style. So, you know, a loss for Matt Campbell in the short term, but also a guy that no, Iowa State can point to when he has some success at the next level. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, Bill, you've been on the ground at Santa Clara for the last, oh, I think you got there on Friday. You've been there for all the press conferences. The game in a second, uh, you know, when you had a chance to talk to the players or listen to the coaches yesterday, um, they're not apologizing for doing this yet again, and nor should they be, Bill. These are the best two teams. Was that maybe your biggest takeaway that uh, that seemed to be a, at least a potential story or maybe the media wanted that to be a story about are you guys should there be other teams involved on this they, they weren't apologetic and they shouldn't be no why would you be i mean these have been the best two teams for most of the season i think we pointed to this game in june and you know it's it's only because i think they're both in the southeast that there's been a little bit of a a blowback i, I don't yeah i mean i looked the stat up that in the last four years Clemson and, and Alabama, when they're not playing each other, they're 22-1 and one against the top 10. So <laughs> if you want to get to this game, then beat them. I mean, you can expand the playoffs. not going to make a difference. You can, you know, I don't know how you stop Alabama, but, you know, try to out-recruit them. Um, there are a couple schools that are close. I think Ohio State and Georgia and Oklahoma and maybe even Texas may be able to close that gap a little bit. But at the end of the day, you got to go out and beat them on the field. Trevor Lawrence uh, felt like he took a big step forward in the semifinal win over Notre Dame, over 300 yards passing in that one. Three touchdowns against the Irish. It will be different against Alabama, but this is not exactly a vintage Alabama defense that we've seen in the past. It is, is this setting up for maybe a coming out party for Trevor Lawrence, and suddenly it's him and Tua both going into next season? No, I think so. I think being in, and then in the NFL after that, I think yes. these guys are both, very good, mm-hmm. very good players. Um, certainly have that ability that they could be that special that soon. So, you know, I, I think with with Tua Tungavailoa and him, it's 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 a fun rivalry to watch. I think they'll they'll be able to take this show to the road next year, and 
it'll be a, a very enjoyable show. Uh, the commissioners are meeting today. This is the college football playoff committee that meets in April, but I guess Jim Delaney's starting to uh, make it known that he's not happy that the Big Ten has not been uh, a participant in the college football playoff over the last couple of years. And a lot of people thought that it's going to take, you know, a, a, a Delaney or a Big Ten uh, that, that gets left out to maybe move some things and to get to at least initiate the conversation for an expansion or whatever. What do you expect, if anything, to come out of this meeting today, Bill, of the commissioners who will meet prior to the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure they'll address the sp- expansion. I don't know that we'll get that today. I think, you know, it's just such a complex thing to try to do, but I, I think they'll they'll show an openness toward it, even if that's not what's going to happen. So, you mentioned the Big Ten. It'll be interesting to see what Jim Delaney says, how they, uh, you know, approach this. And, and they should because their their champion has been left out the last three years. They, I think, the biggest thing they need to address is Dennis Dodd reported that they, they play nine conference games, mm-hmm. and the SEC and ACC don't. And the SEC and ACC have been represented in the playoff every single year. So that's a fair gripe, a fair concern. And you know, when Ohio State goes twelve and one, and they're probably judged more on the one loss. And I would argue to some extent that's fair. Than, than their conference championship. You know, I keep coming back to the Pac-12 commissioner Larry Scott's uh, statement that you know we're all running the same uh, race. We should be do so on the same course. Uh, and what he meant by that was the eight and the nine. So let's say the Big Ten does decide to, because I don't think that the the two eight conferences are going to go to nine. I think the best case would be to come back. That's not an easy fix, Isabel. That's not something you could, you know, just all of a sudden decide, yeah, we're going back to eight and we're going to do so next year. I don't think, I mean, what would the timeline be if that's what they decide to do? I mean, they would have to rework the schedule and then then you factor in that you have to get contracts with more non-conference opponents and then you wonder if that means that the Big Ten's policy that it doesn't play All right. FCS opponents would be revisited because, again, I mean, to Larry Scott's point, that's a great point because they should all be on the same course, and they're not. And that's that's led to some disparity. Scott Frost talked about that at length at Big Ten Media Day. When you have, when you have this set up the way it is, of course the ACC and SEC will be more represented in the playoffs because they uh, – they, they just have one less loss across the half the conference has one less loss because of the, um, one fewer conference game in, in some cases. I mean, a few teams might lose those non-conference games, but it doesn't happen often. Bill, some uh, news here in the Big 12 after Dana Holgerson left to become the Houston head coach. West Virginia hires Neil Brown. Tell us a little bit about the former Troy head coach and what Iowa State fans and Big 12 fans are going to see out of Brown at West Virginia. I mean, a, a good fit for West Virginia. Got 31 and 8 the last three seasons. Continues to win. Has an energetic, classy style. I think he'll recruit well there. And, um, you know, I've watched him coach these bull games and they, they're an exciting team to watch. So, I mean, it was peculiar for Dana to leave and go to Houston and, and take the money. But I, I also think that's partially because Houston, much like UCF, is trying to get the attention of the power conferences. So, you know, in West Virginia, I, I think of the all the hires in this carousel, when you talk about fit, that's right up there with the best of them. Mm, interesting. Uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News is our guest. Bill, uh, Justin Fields to Ohio State, what does that mean? 
Well, I think it gives them another talented quarterback, and, and for the second or third time in maybe four years, we have an exciting quarterback race where Justin Fields thinks he can be the starter if he's given a waiver, and we'll mm-hmm. see if that happens. That is a complicated process. Yep. Um, Tate Martell and Matthew Baldwin will also have a hand in that, and no, Ryan Day will have a tough decision to make right away. And Urban Meyer found a way to massage those big quarterback battles to work out for the Buckeyes. Nick Saban's obviously done the same in Alabama. So it'll be another intriguing spring in Columbus because of the style. But Justin Fields is one of those players that uh, certainly will be interesting to see what he does. Coaching changes, uh, obviously, there with Urban Meyer moving on in his retirement. At least that's what we're calling it for right now. Another change, though, Alex Grinch gets hired off that staff to go down to be the D.C. at Oklahoma. Grinch, a rising star in the profession, is he the guy that can save what's been just a dreadful defense down in Sooterland? That's been the difference between, you know, the, the 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 Oklahoma being a Big 12 champion, which they can do with that offense every year, and Oklahoma being a national champion, which is the next step. And that was the difference between them and Alabama. He is obviously a very bright offensive or a defensive mind. And I think he'll continue to do some good things there. Now, I think part of it is you have to sell your school that, you know, when you come to Oklahoma, we're going to play defense. And and that's something that the Big 12, I, I mean, I look at Texas and they look a little bit different now with Tom Herman. They mm-hmm. just look, you know, a little more physical. I know Georgia, you can say they didn't want to be there. I think Texas, I, I know the joke's always is Texas back, but I think Texas is really getting closer to making their move in that conference. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Bill Benner, a couple more minutes, Bill. We'll let you go. Bill, I thought all weekend Clemson's going to win this football game. I've also thought all weekend that, you know what, we're going to, I think college football fans are really going to be entertained and we're going to see a hell of a football game. I would be shocked if this thing is one side, if this game is boring. I don't see that at all. And Bill, I'm sticking with Clemson, Bill. Am I wrong? How is, how can Clemson win this football game? No, I think they can. They they just got to survive the first quarter and let Trevor Lawrence settle in against that Alabama defense and and do the things that they do. I mean, they can get pressure off the edges too. They they've been in the ring, so to speak, with Alabama four times. They're not going to be intimidated, and I think we're going to be in for a hell of a show. I mean, there's no way to put it around it that because we've seen this four times now, both of these quarterbacks are so good. That this is the best collective quarterback matchup between Alabama and Clemson we've seen. So I say, you know, stop complaining about the weather and where it's at and all those things, and watch a pretty good football game. It's two fourteen and O teams. I mean, what more can you ask for? Uh, Bill, last thing for you. Uh, it's kind of unfair. Uh, I was at the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl Fifty out there, and we stayed in San Francisco, and you know, the, it's what forty miles or whatever it is away from from the from Levi Stadium. Does it? Does it feel like there's a national championship game? Some some cities are better destination-wise. I mean, if it was in San Antonio, everybody would be on the Riverwalk. If it was in New Orleans, everybody would be on Bourbon Street. You get my drift. Does does it feel like there, there's going to be a national championship? What's the buzz like? Sure. I mean, there's enough Alabama and Clemson fans out here. But, you know, again, I think Bill Hancock said the goal of this thing was to rotate it to 10 different cities in 10 years now, much like the Super Bowl. Like you said, I think there's a handful of cities where this thing works out better. And I would say Atlanta, Dallas, um, New Orleans with the Sugar Bowl. Um, 
would be interesting to see it in San Antonio. I, I think Indy's the underrated one, where if you got this game in Indy, mm. which is going to be in three years, because of Indy's central location, yep. I always enjoy going to the Big Ten championship game. Um, plus, having it, the, the other thing to watch tonight, it's been wet all week. So hopefully weather doesn't play a factor, because that's one thing I, I always say in big games like this, you want to take the weather out of it. Indeed. Bill Bender, Sporting News, following Sporting News. Uh, for all your updates tonight, you can read them. Sporting News already got some content up there today, and I'm assuming more coming. Thank you, Bill Bender. Great to catch up with you. Appreciate what you do for us. Hey, great to be back on with both of you guys. Yeah, Thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right, Thanks, take Bill. care. Bill Bender, regular guest to our uh, lineup here as we talk college football with Bill Bender on a weekly basis. You got an opinion, Trent Condon? I like the points. I did too. I five and a half, right? Yeah. Five and a half, six. Has it moved to six? I wish it would. Six would be better. Eh, I don't think it'll matter. Do you think it'll land right on six? No, I don't. But you know what? If I was playing this game tonight, mm-hmm. what I would be tempted to do, screw the points. Clemson money line? Yeah, Clemson money line. Probably plus 210? Probably could find out at Vegas Insider. I think I will. Um, Dylan Montz is not going to come in. Oh, he's not? No, he was going to. What, the the rain keeping Dylan No, it's away? not the rain. That's sunny. Take a look outside. Oh, yeah. It's the David Montgomery going pro announcement that got to uh, change Dylan's plans a little here. I understand. He's still going to join us. We're grateful for that. He will uh, put the keyboard aside for a few minutes and come on and talk what this means uh, for Iowa State going forward. And is this the just the first of two to come this mm-hmm. week? i got to think, right? I mean, the 14th is the deadline. Uh, that's a week from today. A week from today, Butler probably lets Montgomery's announcement, uh, you know, stand alone for a couple of days. Maybe Wednesday, Thursday, if indeed that's the path he's going to choose, and I believe he is. I don't see any reason why you would think anything different. You know, you go back to last year when Lazard was entering his final season, and Matt Campbell came out and said the best player talent-wise in that receiving room is Hakeem Butler. And we said, whoa. Right? Whoa. Kind of like Chuck Long in, in the first broadcast yeah. of the year this year said the best tight end on Iowa was TJ Hawkinson and Hawkeye Nation went, what? <laughs> uh, Chuck Long was right. Matt Campbell was at least yeah, yeah, I think Hakeem Butler had a better had a better career at Iowa State than Lazard, I think. If you had to take one, you take Butler's. Um, wow. Look, Lazard played the wrong position. Should have been a tight end. Should have been a tight end. Um, but you know what? He had a hell of a career. Not knocking the kid's decision to stay where he did and had an opportunity to play in week 17. And we'll be able to watch him and see if he can parlay that into a roster spot next year. We will take a timeout. Dylan Montz joins us next. Scott Darkman on Iowa at 11. We will head to Vegas, go inside the numbers with Jason Symbol about 11.15. And then Bama Bob Trent and I will... Finish up the show and go on record here. Uh, National championship game tonight at 7. Trent and I are here every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon. It's the Ken- it's not the Ken Miller Show. That's what it used to be up to dial. It's Miller and Condon, and that's what it should be on 1460 KXNO. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night here on 1460 KXNO. Time to pay your bills with 1460 KXNO and EK Golf. Text the t- keyword TAXI to 200-200 right now for your chance to win $1,000. That's TAXI to 200-200. Message and data rate supply. Keyword TAXI to 200-200 for your opportunity to win $1,000. Let's get Dylan Monson here, Ames Tribune. He was going to come in, and one day he will, but you got a little busy here within the last half hour. Dylan, how are you? 
doing pretty well. And yeah, it seems like fate intervened a little bit here. I was, I told Trent, I was actually right by the sculpture park on Grand Avenue, uh, coming over to see you guys. And, um, lo and behold, David Montgomery declares for the NFL <laughs> draft, uh, right, right in the middle of it. So, um, one of these days I will get in there, I promise. Yeah, I look forward to it. Well, not a surprise. I'm kind of surprised you didn't have your column already written, Dylan. It seemed like a, a foregone conclusion. I'm sure you have a pretty good start uh, to what you're going to write at AimsTrib.com. Yeah, I had something quick written, um, but he put out a nice little graphic on Twitter, um, really kind of uh, detailing his decision and, and kind of walking everybody through um, you know, what his time at Iowa State meant. So I, I typed that up a little bit, but most of the nuts and bolts were written, but um, yeah, not really a surprise. I think with people, when people talk about David Montgomery, he, he was even more so than Hakeem Butler. He's probably um, more NFL ready. And just given his position and some of the longevity concerns that um, go with playing running back, uh, that's, that's the decision he had to make. And, um, you know, I don't think anybody can fault him for that. I think it was a good move for him. And um, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up because, obviously, like I said, uh, he looks like he's, he's ready to go. Well, a couple of outstanding running backs coming in in this freshman class that'll be there to help replace uh, David Montgomery. Some guys still on campus. Of the group on campus, let's leave the freshman aside. Who's the one that you think would have the best chance of becoming a number one back? It might be very much a timeshare, but if there is a guy on campus, who would be your choice to be that lead back? Yeah, if we're talking about a guy on campus, I'd probably lean with Kane Nwangu. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, when he got a little bit of extended run, whether you talk about um, the Oklahoma State game when David Montgomery missed the entire game or you talk about the first half against Texas, uh, I think uh, there were moments there where he looked like he could be the guy. And um, the thing that is maybe a little bit different about him is his build. Um, he's six foot one, which is what Brees Hall, the incoming running back, is. But um, Kane Nwangu is a little bit more slender. So he's not necessarily built like the compact, shifty kind of guy, but he obviously has a lot of speed. So uh, I think he's probably built more for that role than, than a Johnny Lang or a, or a Sheldon Crony just because, um, you know, his size and speed helps him. And, and you can use Johnny Lang in so many different ways that Kanae Nwongu probably fits the bill of, a, of you know, your, your premier running back a little bit more. Mm, Hakeem Butler's announcement, when do you anticipate that we'll know something there? Let this one, you know, kind of be out there on its own for a couple of days and not kind of steal his thunder at all and, and then go public with what most people feel is, uh, you know, a goodbye announcement as well. When do you think we'll hear from Butler? Yeah, like we've said, the deadline is next Monday, um, and, and I think it will be this week, obviously, at some point. Uh, I think there will be a couple days maybe for this to breathe. Um, I'm not. I'm not surprised that it wasn't the some sort of announcement wasn't made at the same time. But I. I feel like he's he's probably got to know um, what he's going to do, and I still anticipate he'll he'll make the jump as well. You know, Dylan, as we know, David Montgomery as a football player, and just how incredible that guy is, and his physical running nature, and all those different things, but. It did seem like there was a lot more to him. The Glad way you brought that up, Trent. You know, point. he engaged the community, what he did off the field, the way that he gravitated towards the fan base. You got to know David Montgomery. Take us a little bit deeper than him, more than just the football player. Yeah, I've always said this about David Montgomery. You go and interview um, some of these these players, and they all they all kind of sound sound the same, and they have kind of the same cadence, same rhythms um, to how they talk about things. But David Montgomery was always really different. Uh, he his thought processes were were different. He he looked at things in a different way. He was um, 
a little bit of a stream of consciousness guy instead of these uh, rehearsed answers. Uh, and that's not to, you know, knock any of these other guys, but that just kind of shows how, how differently he, he was made and, and how differently he, he kind of views things. And uh, I did a story on him uh, coming into this season, uh, kind of chronicled uh, some of his interests outside of football. He, he's, he really likes to go fish and kind of spend time on his own and really get cerebral. Uh, he was an Eagle Scout growing up in, in Cincinnati, uh, he he uh, did this campaign uh, with, uh, you know, he, I, I, I can't remember exactly the beats of how he did it. He, he um, what did he do? It was, uh, he helped the homeless. He, he kind of created some, some program for them to get shampoos and, and different uh, cleaning products to, to kind of help better their lives. And obviously he's kind of continued that with hospital visits and everything mm-hmm. um, once he arrived to Ames. So uh, he's kind of a, uh, you know, diverse in that way in his interest and feelings and obviously he still loves football but he's he's a lot more than that as you mentioned yeah i got real close with a uh, young man uh, up in um, who's i guess having some kind of uh, health struggle and that was chronicled did a really nice job there i'm glad you guys talked about that because he's more than a football player well let, let's move on dylan uh, and let's do a little uh, you know some time on basketball because it was a very impressive win uh no azabuki or not uh iowa state was going to win that basketball game and they did, and they pulled away from uh, a Kansas team. And you know, you—I'm sure you were in the press conferences afterwards. And Bill Self, I, I, every time I hear him, he's more so in defeat. I'm, I come away more impressed with this guy. He just—I uh, think he's a good. I'm convinced he's a good coach. I think he's a good guy too. And I think he probably gets a bad rap because, well, his team always wins. Uh, but he certainly said all the right things after the game. He praised where it was warranted, and there certainly was a ton of praise that was warranted. Uh, this Iowa State team—they're legit. They really and truly are. And now with Azubuke gone for the year, Iowa State, Kansas, Texas Tech, I don't want to know who else you throw in there, uh, Dylan Montz, but uh, Iowa State's, uh, they're going to win some basketball games this year. They're already 2-0 in conference. Yeah, it, I think that just kind of shows that they they have the talent at least to go and, and kind of um, compete with the upper half of the Big 12 and, and kind of stick their nose in there. I think Texas Tech will be a tough out. And I think they have... Um, as much claim to try to dethrone Kansas as anybody, but Iowa State, now that they have their full complement of guys in there, it, it is kind of open things up, and I still think there's a little bit of a juggling act for Steve Prohm and how to fully utilize those guys, because you saw Linda Wigginson come in until not, I mean, it was eight minutes before he entered the game for the first time, and then there was a little bit of run in the second half before he got into, so I think there's some things, obviously, that are going to get tweaked still, but um, you know, if Mario Shayak plays like he did, um, and hits at that kind of clip. If Tyrese Halliburton kind of can somehow maintain what he's been doing, um, it really kind of opens things up for him. And I thought Cameron Lard came in and played well yep. um, for his stretches too. So uh, there's a lot of good things with that group right now, now that they have, like I said, their full um, utility of guys in there. Where does Sullivan Young fit in going forward? As his health continues, he gets his lungs back, he played a minute. Got a bucket, but he played a minute in the game. With Lard, if his head is screwed on straight, and Jacobson playing at that level, are there minutes available for Solomon Young? Yeah, I think that's a really good point, and I, I think it probably will be tough um, if because I think Michael Jacobson. It's hard to to kind of give him any less just because um, you know his toughness underneath the basket, and he's been a little bit more even offensively than I think they would have would have guessed. Um, and then if Cameron Lard is kind of hitting his stride, come in and be that energy guy, run rim to rim. Um, that, that's the tough thing. I think you've seen Iowa State trim its roster and its rotation down a little bit now to that, that 
seven or eight guys. Um, and, and they're only going to play one big at a time, too. I think Steve Prohm has kind of made that clear, too. So I, I think uh, there's going to be guys that kind of get left out. Um, you know, George Condit came in for a couple minutes and, and was good, but he's not going to really take minutes away from anybody either. And, and Solomon Young is good, but it's almost as if he's a victim of, of circumstance and injury um, just because all these other guys have gotten um, so many minutes in the non-conference leading up. So it, I, I, unless something happens and they need to make some sort of changes, it, it probably is going to be a little bit tough. Uh, you want to talk about your Bears? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sure, I can commiserate with Trent a little bit here. That was, that was rough. Rough, <laughs> rough, rough, rough. Are you over it? Is it going to take a while, Dylan? Uh, it it still it stings. Um, you know, it, in real time, it was tough, especially once I saw um, Robbie Gold was sitting in the stands with his family <laughs> mm. uh, for the game. Oh, I didn't know that. Was he really? Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. Somebody had, had tweeted it, and it looked like he was in there with his boys. It oh might have been in a suite um, in Soldier Field, but uh, it looked like he was there. And, um, you know, it's not all on Cody Parkey, but it, it's tough because he, he did have misses this year, and, um, you know, it, it's a tough way to go out. And I feel bad for him because that's kind of you're the, either the hero or the goat as a kicker. But, um, yeah, a r- rough way for the year to end, but a solid, solid year in, in Nagy's first year. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, can uh, last thing, Dylan? Uh, Iowa State back on the road. They picked off Oklahoma State. Baylor's a different Baylor basketball team. Iowa State's got more talent. Iowa State. I mean, can they improve to three and zero? Is that asking too much to you know back to back roadies? I think that has to be what you what you do. Uh, Oklahoma State and Baylor are at the bottom of the conference. Um, you know, winning on the road is obviously tough, but if you're gonna if you're gonna challenge Kansas or Texas Tech to be that top team in the Big Twelve, those are the kinds of games you have to win. You, you old serve at home, um, and you got to go steal some on the road. And when you have opportunities like that against the bottom half of the league, you, you got to take it. So I would say, um, they not only would it be big for them if they win, they should they should win that and set up three and zero and and kind of can come back home and and feel a little bit good about it. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, um, you know, they they didn't play sharp necessarily at Oklahoma State but did enough to win. Um, What do they look like this time out is what I'm paying attention to. Dylan, we've fallen into the trap before of throwing dirt on Kansas and then they come roaring back. It happens quite often throughout this 14-year stretch. But that aside, what's the record that it's going to take to at least get a share of the regular season title with the Big Twelve as good as it is this year, fourteen and four could that get it done? Yeah, I was actually talking about that with somebody the other day, and um, you, you got to think Kansas isn't going to. Maybe they take one loss at home, and then you got to think about how many they they can uh, win on the road. I think they could win probably, um, you know, five or six. I think that's probably what you got to do. So that's why this this Baylor game is of, you know, most importance. And then Iowa State, um, you know, other than Texas Tech, looks like it could be, um, you know, have a pretty good year inside Hilton Coliseum, too, and that's going to be huge in kind of going towards that mark. So I I think 14-4 is probably fair. Um, If you're getting to the 13-5 or 12-6, I think um, that's getting a little bit far away from you. But 14-4... Um, is probably going to be close enough to get it done. Well, we'll let you do your real job after this. Amestrip.com is where you can read Dylan and Travis Hines and everybody else uh, that writes for that fine newspaper. Who do you like tonight, Dylan? Yeah, I like Alabama. I just think, uh, you know, they're too loaded offensively now. Um, I think the defense has obviously always been the key, but I think that offense and the way it's coming and if Tua 
uh, is as healthy as he's kind of um, looked like recently, I think uh, they're going to be in pretty good shape. So, uh, yeah, it should be an interesting one. I think the fourth time now that they've played in the last few years. Yep. So, um, yeah, uh, big one coming up, but I, I think Alabama ultimately gets it done. Good stuff, Dylan. We'll talk to you later on the week. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to Dylan Tribune, Amestrib.com. You can read uh, all the latest on David Montgomery at Amestrib.com. Um, Dylan's on record as Alabama. He's not over the Bears' loss. <laughs> no. He's not alone. No, there's a whole bunch of you, Trent. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's clean up some housekeeping. We give away klaxons on every Friday. Yes. Uh, we'll do so again this coming Friday. We'll use the divisional games as we use the wild card games this past weekend. I got to think, I did somebody go 4 0? No. Nobody, Nobody swept went undefeated. It. Okay. So we got to have a pile of three and ones, couple. How did we do? We had no and four. We did. That was Jim. Uh oh. Had a two and two. That's not surprising. Two, three, and ones, though. Two, three, and ones. So we went to the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker, which was? Uh, total Iowa points and total Iowa State points. So not the not uh, not Kansas and not Nebraska. Just the two in-state teams are going to score how many points on the weekend? What was that number? Iowa scored in the 90s and Iowa State in the 70s. So like a buck 60? Uh, 93 for the Hawks, 77 for the Clones. Buck 70. Buck 70. Steve went three and one. Yeah. He had 142. Okay. Joe, three and one. He had one forty-four. Joe gets the thirty-five dollars. Steve gets the twenty-five dollars from Claxons. Way to go, fellas! Now you're ineligible for a while, uh, but we will do that uh, again on Friday. Um, your favorite wild card game? I mean, we know you didn't like Chicago. No. What, what, of the other three, which entertained you the most? Mm, probably Saturday night. Saturday night, night yeah. Cowboys Seattle. With losing Janikowski, oh I mean, we didn't even God. get into that. I know. Well, when do we have time? Gam- gambling wise, mass. As oh, somebody the holding cover? a two and a half ticket, nice. Normally, it'd be twenty four twenty one. So you had who? I, I had Seattle. Plus also, it two worked and a out half. for you. Yes, because they had to go for two. It was wonderful. <laughs> Smile on my face. That's an ultimate backdoor, right? When a kicker yeah. gets injured and you backdoor your way into cashing a ticket based on that and that alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you're owed one, by the way. I mean, the, the sports squads are going to get you. And normally, I mean, a year or two down the line, I won't remember that. But if I was on the other side of it, and you don't forget I, that. I'd never forget that. Right, right. That that went off tomorrow. Now that was a good football game. I thought the uh, Chargers Ravens. I'm, I'm openly rooting for Philip Rivers, as I told mm-hmm. you. Uh, that was um, boy, for early in the second half, it looked like oh my god. Here come the Chargers of old. They're going to find a way to give this one away. That was a hell of a game. They got a kicker. They do have a kicker. For once. When was the last time you could say that? Nate Kading? Yep. I mean, it's been a while. And he had misses. He did. Playoffs were not kind to Nate Kading. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on the Hawks. He leads things off. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO.